0: What is up podcast listeners? This is Miguel Antonio just stopping in one to say thanks again for listening to I Need a Light. Thanks. uh, Even more people sharing it this week. So I love seeing that. It means a lot. And again, if you have not listened to it, or if you've listened to it, want to listen to it again or share it to other people, make sure you go to justthemiguel.com. J-U-S-T-T-H-E. M I G U E L dot com and click on music and it can take you to your favorite streaming site. It's all over different, all over the different sites. So uh, whichever one is your favorite, go to there, check it out, and please share it. Help get the word out. And number two, uh, just a reminder that. Right now, uh, we have the pre-save link. It's in the notes uh, of the podcast, or you can go to my social media sites at Just The Miguel and click on that as well. The pre-save for the new single that's coming out called Move On. It drops Wednesday, August 11th at noon. So again, check that out in the podcast notes. I'd love for you guys to pre-save that and get ready uh, to enjoy it. And so now let's go and jump to the episodes today. What is up? I am Miguel Antonio and this is the Live and Create Podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. On today's episode, we have Hank Wheedle. Hank is a very busy dude. He's a talent buyer for the national live events production company Mammoth Live. He's founder, manager at Core Management co-director at So Far Sounds KC, and co-operator at Dart Records. Now, his love for music, it's very clear and evident, but, but it comes second only to his passion to love and bring value to others the best he can in this crazy cutthroat music industry. Today, Hank and I discuss employing empathy in the music industry and how that can easily go out the window if not tended to. He shares an inspiring story of how his company found a way to come together and show love to its people during the pandemic, and we also discuss Buddhism atheist Buddhist. What is that? And that's kind of what we discussed. (laughs) And then also how to reconcile your past, the good and the bad, uh, to who you ultimately want to become as a person. And all along the way, he dropped some great insight for others who are looking to work in the industry and uh, anyone who's just looking to generally become a good, decent, loving human being. It's a great podcast. Enjoy.
1: The Live and Create Podcast.
0: so close to the end of all the zoom meetings i imagine but i know you kind of work all throughout the country so you probably live in zoom
1: meetings anyway but yeah yeah no if anything zoom ain't going anywhere for me but uh i know for a lot of people it's winding down and you know uh but for me it kind of seems like the new normal it's probably something that i'm going to be doing for quite some time now and honestly the way that i see it is uh you know if you can turn it into a zoom meeting then it makes taking a meeting all that more worthwhile you know absolutely it's 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 hard to travel between Kansas city and lawrence and other cities to go do meetings and this just makes it i can knock everything out in the morning you know yeah absolutely
0: well and that was one thing i was doing all of these interviews in person while i was on tour and uh this back in like 2019 is when i started it and that's even on tour it was hard to connect with people even when i was in the same city just because all of us are hustling doing something somewhere and suddenly it's like oh no it's one hour on zoom let's do it and like yesterday i was talking to someone from chicago I had a friend on from philly i'm it's been fun where i'm like i don't know the next time yeah. i'll be in chicago
1: so yeah it's exactly exactly it, it opened
0: it, up some new doors for me
1: and it also has introduced me to people that are just phone figures typically to me. People who I only talk to on the phone, I've never seen in person. Now I know what they look like. I know, you know, a little bit more about them. You know, having having Zoom calls with agents is an interesting experience, but uh, it helps me get to know people better to be able to put a face to the name. Yeah. And so, you know, there's just been so many upsides to, I guess, the pandemic in that regard <laughs> of like, I've gotten to know people a lot closer and it has happened through this app.
0: Interesting. That's yeah. cool. And it's, yeah. it's funny you say that too. Cause, and honestly, if you're okay with it, I'm fine with just rolling right into the podcast with this, but like Absolutely. to give, give the listener context, like you make your living off of live performance and working with with musicians and so for you right. to see the upsides even in it because you took a hit just like everybody else uh that mm-hmm. i think that's a huge huge thing like no doubt a lot of hard things happen uh in a lot of like painful things yeah. but it's cool to see where where the the benefits are so
1: absolutely well i mean you know we work in such a fast-paced industry w- wherever you work in music whether you're performer agent manager promoter, everything's so fast-paced and it's nice to be able to you know when you're moving and grooving into just taking phone calls and you're not really putting a face to the name it's super easy to forget who you're talking to or uh you know just kind of lose sight of the the humanistic aspect of it and so it's cool to like finally everyone's come to an agreement that zoom call is the place to be doing meetings right (laughs) zoom or facetime i know some people have preference but uh it's it makes me feel better doing business with people knowing that I, I recognize them and I've talked to them on right. a different level. It's it's really changed how I empathize with people and and how I apply empathy to my business practice. Do you feel like
0: the seeing a face and kind of seeing them more humanized uh, brings that empathy to you?
1: Absolutely. And it it, it it at the end of a long day, it reminds you, you know, you guys are all on the same team here, everyone's working together you get to see their smile you see their mannerisms you see the way that they actually feel about something you're not trying to guess where everybody's heads are at on something it's very right. direct and so uh yeah i think in that regard you you become better with your business practice because it's a more human experience it inherently you know yeah absolutely man.
0: yeah well and i think one thing i've noticed even in this where like on phone calls it's easy to say something but re, but your facial expression is you can't really hide it so i've even noticed in interviews with folks where you you ask them a question you can see like there's this something uncomfortable and then it gives you an opportunity to dive a little deeper into instead of just like skipping over something that may have been an issue especially like with i imagine with what you're doing with what i'm doing it's like you're negotiating things and trying to figure out business ends of things where oh you're not comfortable with that let's talk about why you're not comfortable with that
1: exactly so I, I think that's uh, beneficial And you know that's always like the tricky part for me. Though is sometimes it's fun to be willfully naive to how people (laughs) are (laughs) thinking. You know, especially especially when you're dealing with like uh, you know some some uh, big time people who you know they're, they're used to getting what they want and i got you. it yeah. okay <laughs> it's, it's it's interesting it's it's it is funny to see people's facial expressions now and it, again it's another thing that changes the way that you do things because you you see how people now react it, it's right you understand it from a different perspective it's just so weird how it changes you never would have expected it you know april yeah. April of twenty twenty, everyone was rolling out of bed every morning, not putting pants on, just hopping on a Zoom call and <laughs> all pissed off. Nobody wants to be there. Nowadays, right. to me, I kind of look forward to it. It's a it's a time That's to cool. catch up. It's a come it's the coming togetherness of everybody, you know. Right. Now working
0: yeah. working in the live events industry, I imagine April 2020 was just a painful, painful time though. For it's you. Tough. Very what, tough. What were some of the things that, that hit you in those first few months?
1: Um, The first one really was, and this is, you know, the the most immediate effect was, holy shit, where where were we when this pandemic hit? Where mentally, physically, as a society, in this industry, look at where we were when we left off. That was kind of the biggest thing was, like, we have worked ourselves to death. We're all crazy busy, you know, like... what is what is time off you know what I mean that was the first <laughs> big thing is what is this what do I do with my hands right exactly and so the the big thing that stood out to me though that really hit as soon as the pandemic hit was you know one the entertainment industry is always the first one to go it's the first one out the door and it's the first one it's the last one back in right uh, and I think that's been the case here um so it was daunting April of 2020 to to enter that space with such uncertainty. Um, I think though one big thing that it did do is a, it gave us some free time to slow down and, and uh, focus on some different aspects of our lives that we probably neglected as we all do as we get wrapped up in our day to day. And then, you know, it, it also showed going back to that word coming togetherness of the community because everybody had each other's back and we we knew that whether or not we were in this for the long haul this was going to deeply affect a lot of people uh and it did it really did it affected you know not just in entertainment but across the world you know hundreds of thousands of people died uh millions lost their jobs, you know, but for us especially it was tough because we lost the one thing that we are passionate about, right? Touring mm-hmm. and live events and community. We lost that. And so April 2020 comes about. We've canceled all of our shows. Everything's pretty much in the shitter at that point. <laughs> and uh if I can cuss, I don't know. Oh it, yeah. You, like... <laughs> feel, feel free
0: to say whatever you like, my man. <laughs>
1: okay, cool. Uh you know there was this understanding this general unspoken understanding industry-wide that it was time to to unite a little bit and hmm. that's when neva was formed that's when uh you know all the organizations that supported stage hands and musicians and promoters a lot of organizations that will be lasting for decades now so were they born started out in that, that moment they started in that moment that's and huge. uh it is very big because it, you know, unfortunately you, it's trial by fire, right? You have to mm-hmm. start something in the middle of this pandemic, but now they know how bad it can really be. And so we right. know that next time this comes around, we we understand the level of support that needs to exist to push us through the next time. So mm-hmm. it, yeah, it was a tough learning experience, but it's a, at the end of the day, it's a great learning experience. Everyone walked away or at least from my world, everyone is walking away with a smile on their face and, you know, kind of a little chip on their shoulder. They're ready to get back to it and, like,
0: ready, make things thing happen. Going.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Well,
0: I remember uh, talking to a friend of mine who owns a business uh, here in Kansas City and is right in the beginning of it, and I remember saying to him, like, this is going to be the moment that people are going to find out whether you give a shit or not. And you right. know, I think we saw it across the board. I, unfortunately, I, I have friends who they discovered that, you know they their employers or who they work for uh just didn't give a shit. and but it's beautiful to hear when that does when it happened for you guys to where people came around you and lifted yeah. you up there has been uh beautiful pictures of community throughout this coming around people as they struggle financially or even losing loved ones and how people pour out their support as much as they can so yeah. I, i'm glad it went that direction for you and and for the music industry so
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, you got to count your blessings and, uh, I'm very, I feel, uh, invigorated, honestly, that I was part of that because now I don't feel like I have anything left to, to work through on that side, you know, because we felt like we lost a lot. We felt like we lost everything. Right. It was a whole year of us not pursuing our passion and that's not Mm -hmm. being able to do the things that we've built. We've built our whole lives around this, this job, right. Or these, these interests that we have. But I feel now going back out of the pandemic or into the new normal, as people would call it, (laughs) I feel a lot more empowered in what I do and how I do it. And not only how I do my job, but how I treat people in the midst of it. And, you know, that was never really an issue for me to begin with, but it's something that I definitely challenge myself and others to pay more attention to is how you treat people post pandemic. It's very important and it's very telling of who you are and what you learned during this very right. trying time.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well and at the end of the day it's the relationships, right? That right. that hold really any business, but it seems like the the arts industry, especially music, at least for me, uh, it's all about those relationships where all on the way it's like all on the way there's people whether my band you know i'm no longer my band we met when i was in run with it but we're still connected and it's like those relationships can go on and on and on i see people burn those things and then they're stuck it's almost like they're they need a life raft and and no one's there to throw it anymore because they kept burning every bridge they
1: had well some people just don't see through to the end and that's not that's just a human error you know right. it's not something that is a dig towards anybody some people and it just it comes with to maturity see. too of just learning and growing so absolutely i think it also comes from that trial by fire experience of doing things the wrong way right, right. and then learning but also like maturity is a big deal but Uh, even I struggle with maturity sometimes.
0: (laughs) Uh, I I assure you there's, I I talk about the value relationships, but I assure you there's people who don't want to throw me a life raft because I made my mistakes as well. So (laughs) I, I I hope they can laugh about it as well now, who knows, (laughs) uh, but, but yeah, no, I feel you. It's, it's definitely part of the journey and hopefully, hopefully as artists and agents and business people, we, we get it sooner than later. Definitely. I think
1: we will too. I think you'll see that, which. I hope has a trickle-down experience to the fan experience and how fans, you know, interact with one another and, and uh, online, offline at the shows. You know, I think it, as if we can set the proper example, everything else will follow. And, th- right. you know, think about how many people go to concerts, listen to music, love artists. Like, that's that's a large audience to influence. And I think by setting the right example and working at the right pace and treating people the right way, you know that that's that is a, a a practice that will trickle down into the fan experience and we'll you know we're just going to see a happier consumer coming out of this i think uh it's just interesting man it's just been a hell of a fucking ride you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. like it, it's so well, crazy that... to look back and talk about it and think about all the things that you learned because hindsight's 2020 but right. like you know in hindsight, it was fucking 2020, right? The, the year. And so like, it's just crazy, man. I I love well, the, being able to talk to you about this because it's yeah, it's been absolutely. one hell of a ride. Yeah. Well, I
0: love that picture of what I hear you saying is this culture that it sounds like you guys want to set behind the scenes. You want yes. that to be full of like that community, that love, that passion for it, not just the business end. It, the business end is, the real, is a real part too, obviously for you guys, because it keeps growing and But but you want that to to go all the way down to the fan who is bringing in their ticket, walk through the metal detector to go see that show, you know. And I think that's that's a beautiful picture. And I I love that you kind of pull the curtain back so people can see, you know, I think sometimes the business side of music can get a bad rap because there's some bad shitty things that happen. (laughs) But it's cool to see you pull the curtain back and show like there's other people with a different perspective
1: and trying to pour that out (laughs) what they're doing. I speak on behalf of a lot of people and for a lot of people when I say that, you know, if you peel that curtain back a little bit more, you'd find a lot of cool people behind there. You know, it's, it does get a bad rap because when you only see our mistakes, right? You don't see our successes, <laughs> right. especially as promoters and agents. You never see our successes. Uh, sold-out show is our biggest success, but you may you may have... You may have had a bad experience in the beer line, right? So <laughs> there's it, it, there's that dichotomy to it. But like you said, the pulling back of the curtain, everyone is so cool and everybody's on the same page. You know, it's it's kind of like you're the outlier if you don't believe in that community aspect. It's just it's it's uh, principle over practice, right? It's it's mm-hmm. hard to it's it's okay to say one thing, but to then institute it into your business practice, it's tough. You know, this is a cutthroat. Yeah world that we live in. Everybody wants a piece of the pie. So it's hard to, it's hard to eat sometimes. And that being said, the industry has always been good about taking care of one another in terms of that. But as far as us thinking past ourselves and all the way to the consumer, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's give or take. There's some people who do that. There's some people who don't, but I think you're going to see a larger initiative from, you know, people like, mammoth or live nation or warner records the big names of this world who want to see the consumer more happy because that's what we depend on right we depend we're here because we want to see you smile at a show we want to see Mm -hmm. you enjoy an experience with your with your family and your friends and if we don't come together you know 10 years from now where will that experience end up online you know like it think about all the jobs that would be lost at that point i you know it's it's uh it's it's almost inevitable that we make that change or that we transfer over you know right we have to (laughs) there's no other option right like
0: that's cool i love that focus man now for you you started it you know in the music realm uh drummer if i remember right i remember the story a little bit and just If you wouldn't mind just for the listeners kind of rehashing how you know being in that band began to open up this world and you saw so many other opportunities
1: sure sure yeah so i played in a band and uh we were called captiva which i believe we played some shows together done some stuff together um we started back when we were in high school and you know we couldn't get a gig to save our lives because every club was 21 and up and so i started having to pose i was 16 at the time so I had to start posing us as, or me at least, as 21 and up. Well done. And uh, I had to, you know. <laughs> Some
0: guys were, were trying to get alcohol and you were trying to get your band in a, in a club with with exactly. me and 21. I love it.
1: <laughs> exactly. exactly. That's what I used my fake ID for. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, I think we had, like, gotten our start at the czar bar or something. And uh, after that, I was like, man, this is really fun to, like, book and organize this show what if i did that for my band but also for other people so i once i got our second show which i believe again was at czar bar i got good in with tim and dallas at Ryan Room. and uh one day you know i asked him hey can i promote a local hip-hop showcase at your room and you know it it didn't do so high it it was you know it was a it was a local showcase it was rough but back to the the mistakes helping you grow right exactly trial by fire I didn't give a shit. You know, I, I was just happy to be in the room. And, uh, I had my parents there to sign my paperwork because (laughs) I wasn't supposed to be there. And Timmy, knew. Timmy's no dummy.
0: Uh, (laughs) He's like, yeah, this looks good.
1: It checks out. (laughs) Stay away from the bar. (laughs) Exactly. He's like 10 feet from the bar at all times. Uh, and so, you know, that show gets done and Timmy calls me and, uh, He says, hey, man, you want to come intern? And so, and what that entailed was I started, you know, making small little flyers, booking local bands on the bigger shows, booking some really small stuff, Um, you know, and that kind of helped me discover my love of the organization aspect. Fast forward a little bit, I ended up going and interning in Nashville at Warner to do some agency work, which helped me learn the other side and the perspective of an agent. I brought that back. Uh, you know, my band and at that point was touring, doing pretty well. We we were on a tour with The Expendables in Colorado and I got a job offer from Maynard And uh, so that's kind of where, like, I just remember I can picture myself sitting in that hotel in Breckenridge reading that job offer, you know, thinking this is my one chance, right? Right. It was... It was interesting. It was serendipitous to say the least. But uh, you know, because you're in Colorado, weed's legal, you're having a little bit of fun, and you're just sitting there and are like, <laughs> like everything's
0: just so great about this moment, every little part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, That your eyes are fucking out. Kind of reminiscent of uh, our band's last tour in Denver. You know, everything was perfect. <laughs> it was perfect. I, I could imagine, <laughs> yeah. The Denver shows
1: are always flawless. Mm-hmm. And uh <laughs> Uh, and so, yeah, once I came home, I had, did a short stint with like AEG working in operations and then immediately, you know, February of that year started a job at Miami. And, uh, from there, it's taken me to a lot of different places in terms of like my general interests and what I've gotten to do. I've gotten to book a lot of really cool shows. I've gotten to see a lot of really cool shows um so everything starts and ends with my love for live music and yeah that's why i talk about the live industry the most is because that's where i'm immersed and so uh you know yeah it's to any listener out there who's thinking how could i do the same thing because i'm you know not 16 i'm not sneaking into these clubs how can i do the same thing with to really answer your question about like how you could get into this kind of thing it's just it's about excuse me catching up with you know music local music musician friends putting on their shows supporting them going to their shows uh and building your way up from there building a brand around what you do creating a different experience for your for your audience um and finding a niche for yourself you know if you if you're trying to compete with the rest of the world it's going to be a tough time getting in especially being the small guy you know i've learned that from first-hand experience right but uh (laughs) you know, it, if you can find something and set yourself apart from everybody else, you're going to have a very long successful career in this industry. That's huge.
0: One thing I've enjoyed getting to know you over the last few years is that you always are focused on this idea of bringing value. You know, even earlier, I yes. hear you talking about the value that you guys can bring to the customer as they walk through to see the show. It was so much so that, I had asked you to tell your own story, but you tell your own story and then you try to glean the value that you can give to somebody else out of it. Like you really, you it just exudes from you. Like I, I don't even know if you know right. you do it at this point because I it don't. really is who you are. <laughs> uh, and who I have at least have, have known and, and got to know over the last few years and seen operating. So I, I love that even in your own story, you're like, I'm going to find a little nugget to give value to other people. That's awesome. Man.
1: <laughs> well, that's funny. I never noticed that, but that, you know, thanks for the little ego boost today. <laughs> no Appreciate problem, that. man. It's cool. It,
0: it inspires me to, to see where I can think the same way. Definitely, man.
1: Yeah. Um, when, I, uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry Matt. No, I was just going to say, you know, there's, not to get like philosophical about it, but there's I love you know,
0: philosophical things, it's great.
1: <laughs> I, I learned a lot from my dad who studies Buddhism and, uh, you know, is very into like spirituality and, and how you treat people and things. And to me, it's uh, I get a lot of joy in knowing that something that I've done has deeply affected another in some way or another, as long as it's positive. And you, you know, you watch documentaries and you see things like use that term that you just said little nuggets of life that people bring up in documentaries where they say you know this person said this to me one time and then right. i ended up here right and you know, it just took that one sentence for them to change the course of their life and end up somewhere. it's crazy to think about and it's crazy to think about it just saying the right thing at the right moment can change somebody's life and yeah. how small that is now but how big that is later. That's I really I'm just fishing for gold here. I want to be able to say <laughs> that I said that one thing. I love that. <laughs> you know, like I it's it's uh it's important that people know too like the whole pulling back the curtain thing how to get from point A to point B without you know ambiguity. It's right it's so easy to be like, oh you just need to be yourself and you're gonna go i've had on. so many
0: people tell me shit like that like yeah. at the beginning i'm like hey what should i do on this and this just be yourself just do you and i'm like that's yeah. fucking great man but like <laughs> i'm trying to do that but like, bro. like how do i be yeah. myself and get paid better let's talk about
1: that exactly exactly <laughs> how do i make a living wage off of being myself <laughs> Thank you that's a scary concept to think about it's good work uh, if you can get it but then it,
0: it seems like does that corrupt yourself i don't know it starts to you know like i do more of that i can't I, be I
1: that know. yeah <laughs> i don't know you know maybe i should pick close i don't know i don't you know i think as long as you're always true to your heart as long as you're true to the right. values that you have set and you set boundaries you know you're not going to run into that issue but more of that later i'm sorry you look like you're gonna ask a very important question no i was just saying i love that
0: fishing for gold perspective of the nuggets i i've never heard it said that way and that's really cool and so do you are do you practice buddhism or is that just a piece from growing up and and taking some of the values you learned from it
1: uh i do not personally practice uh it's more of the latter of what you just said right Uh, uh being around it a lot um you know and it, it it's just so crazy i don't know you know if you've practiced buddhism i haven't i've practiced a, one time learned you know a i've been to a it, temple but... once okay it's it's an interesting experience it's very like visceral and like it's just kind of like you know when you really immerse yourself into it, it's kind of intense but like I don't do it just because I don't even exercise. Like I don't, I you know, I'm so bad about all of that have you, shit. So, this seems like but, a left
0: turn, but have you heard the new J. Cole album that just dropped? I have. It was oh, amazing. so where he yes. he talks about how he learns from different religions, but he doesn't have the discipline. Like, have there you? Go. That, that, it made me think yeah. of that when you said, "I don't even work out, bro." Come on, <laughs> you want me to meditate? How many? Me... Anyways, exactly. I completely uh, took a left turn from your story, but. <laughs>
1: No, no, I was pretty much, I was there anyway. So, uh, I, yeah, no, the, I just picked up little bits and pieces along the way. Uh, you know, Buddhism is more about practice than uh speech, right? It's more about doing than saying. And so that's kind of that, that principle has helped kind of shape my focus a little bit. And it's an interesting concept. You know, I know, I know everybody comes from different, uh, you know, religions and creeds, but it's uh there's you when you engage spirituality in a way that's meaningful to your life, you can really learn a lot of things that that shift your perspective and your paradigm. And it's just interesting, you know, the way that I look at the world now versus how I looked at it ten years ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I feel you on it's that. That's change. I've definitely gone on a progression to where um, you know, I, if I were if I were to meet myself even ten years ago, I, I just I would be kind of confused at some of my thoughts, but my hope yeah. is I continue to grow and continue to expand to where hopefully I, I am changing yet again a decade. It's like, okay, I've grown more, hopefully wiser, yeah. hopefully calmer uh, in some regards. I'm, I'm realizing I have so much angst <laughs> in my life yeah. and like how to, and that, that's what's interesting. Uh, Buddhism to me, I, I'm I'm not in, in like for me, like spirituality is not kind of a thing that I like to pursue <laughs> at this point in my right. life, but the the practices are interesting the meditation yes. is really interesting to me um so the there's even some I've, I've heard some atheist buddhists which is interesting but because they don't look towards mm-hmm. like the spiritual end of it but they love the practices and the tradition of it and uh and yeah and meditation has been a piece that i've been trying to that's probably more of me understand. yeah
1: yeah and i think spiritual atheism that's a really fun or atheist Buddhism is uh yeah first time I heard it I was like what concept. but
0: I heard someone talk about it. I was like oh that's that's interesting
1: like to well, have those grounding well, principles what I noticed about you too Miguel is you know you have talked about how you've seen me over the years but how I've seen you over the years too is if you had told me you had studied Buddhism I would have believed you
0: because oh.
1: you know <laughs> you seem to have this you one you're very zen you're very like centered within yourself pretty well, well.
0: not all that I appreciate it not not all the time yeah definitely i've had my
1: yeah but i do appreciate it (laughs) it's a labor of love um to (laughs) to be calm uh but you also the way that you one you know and i think this in turn inspires a lot of people just the way that you stay inspired yourself and seem to always find the focus and the things that you do and you find the purpose you know the end goal a lot of people just do things for the sake of keeping themselves busy. Uh, You seem to do things with the purpose of growing, progressing and bringing people with you, which is something that I admire because that's what I want to do in my life. So vice versa, you know, if again, if you had told me that you had, you know, you were spiritual (laughs) or studied, you could have put it right past me. But that (laughs) atheist Buddhism thing is very interesting. That's definitely how I see myself. I grew up in a Christian household uh, for most of my life. And then, uh, you know, right around high school, end of high school, more of college, everything kind of shifted. My, you know, my dad went a different route and I kind of just stayed neatly in the middle and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just took what I felt was best for me out of it and walked away, you know.
0: Like take the take Uh, the good with it. It's interesting because so and one. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate that affirmation. It's good to chew on. Um I it definitely for me it's been a, a journey. It's still like I said, uh, the angst I think I've learned uh over this last year at help expose where I stopped for a while, help expose yeah. a lot of like angst and anger, honestly. Uh so I think I'm I'm trying to figure out how do I get more maybe to use your word zen <laughs> in those yeah. places too and as as it's been exposed to me. Um but it's interesting. So like for me, I was a, a a believer a christian i was even a pastor um for a, a while That's right. it right. yeah, it's it actually towards the end of it where it, all these questions that i kept pushing down just started erupting to the top and and that that took me to a whole other journey where now i see myself as an atheist uh but but it's kind of the same thing my wife even encouraged me like cuz we don't agree on this on the on like all of our spiritual tenets uh necessarily but she was like don't right. throw the baby out with the bathwater like there's some great things that happen during that process. Um, and you know, it's 20 years yes. of my life. And so it's cool that like, to hear you say, you know, I took, what were the good things? I took some of the things and threw it away. And so it's like, now I feel like I'm going through an old, I don't know, what are those, what are those called? Like treasure chest, not treasure chest, but what, you know what I'm talking about? like. A, uh... No, We're like old, old movies they'd like put a bunch of shit in them at the foot of their bed <laughs> oh what is like that
1: little uh trunks you know yeah I'm trunks there like, you go
0: a trunk yeah. there you go i'm trying to make an analogy can't even think of the word but i feel like i'm like slowly <laughs> opening up this trunk and being like okay we'll keep
1: this throw that away yeah. <laughs> we'll keep this it's a and, tough open too though because you're kind of like are there things that i really don't want to come back to here right you know it's and, and spirituality and really just and I hate talking about spirituality because it gets confused with so many other things, but like mm-hmm. you know, just it's an ambiguous word. <laughs> it, let's call it that. Yeah, it's an ambiguous word, but like being knowing of yourself, it's a very uh a vulnerable position to be in, to put yourself in too. And usually most people go down that journey themselves, like alone. Mm-hmm. You know, you were a pastor for what, twenty years, you said? Well I was uh, a or...
0: believer for about twenty years, a pastor for about ten years. to twelve of those. So
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you've had that experience where you've been alone in that journey and it's, oh, yeah. you test yourself quite a bit, you know, in terms of like what you believe and how you believe in, why you think that it could be true. And it's, uh, that unpacking of that trunk can really unpack a lot of other things, <laughs> other right. things in the process. Can. <laughs> in the, so, uh, uh, it's tough for people to really get into the whole Buddhism thing, the whole spirituality thing. There's so much to unpack once you really get into the weeds of it and it's, it's tough, you know, I still to this day tend to avoid those moments of like, you know, getting into the nitty gritty cause it's hard. Right. It's, uh, it, the, you know, after a long day of work, the last thing you want to do is sit down and like think about some shit, think like. about some <laughs> internal
0: shit. That's like, Oh, I just like fucked up my whole night, you know? And that's, right, well, exactly. that's, that's what was interesting. You know, even back to the beginning the conversation, I've talked to so many artists where, you know, we're all go, go, go. And it was easy. It's like, so for like, I don't know, three, four years, like our band was just going. I was either like on the road with them here recording or hanging out with my family. It's easy to distract myself from other things I didn't want to (laughs) wrestle with, uh, from the trunk, you know? And I think a lot of artists, we were in that place. And now we finally had to start opening shit up because it's just like boiling up and and how do you find healing from that? So, but I think it is, it's a, It's a journey for everybody where it's like in our, in I think in our own time, I hear so many different people, whether they go from one faith to another or from faith to lack of, or vice versa. It's like, all that's this long journey of asking themselves hard questions. And I I feel like I respect anyone who's willing to ask the hard questions, you know, and and, I do too, but in the due time, because sometimes I I'm realizing there was a while I just couldn't, I kind of like you're saying, like, you know, I can't,
1: I can't go there right now. And, uh, right, it's right.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, you gotta respect your own boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. And, and spirituality is supposed to help you, not hurt you. It's supposed to be something that's there for you to get you through that time. And humans just are not made to encounter every problem at once, right? Like, we, we can we can barely handle <laughs> one fucking problem at a time.
0: Yeah, we did like, really it, awesome with a pandemic. That I mean, we all thought it was gonna be the bubonic plague. <laughs> It yeah. ended up, luckily it wasn't, but like, I'm like, shit, if this is for real, like I, we started watching the Planet Ape series when the, yeah. the lockdown happened. I forgot it's all about a fucking virus, like shut down the whole yeah. world. And I'm like, oh,
1: damn, like we're screwed because,
0: yeah, yeah I can see how this happens.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, <laughs> look how many hands that thing had to go through to get anything done. And it's like, yeah, oh. you, watch, you watch that and like you want to talk about a documentary on human error. Let's just make a documentary about COVID. <laughs> but uh it's it's just uh, the way yeah you know that's going back to covid it's just so crazy to look back and think like how you were tested in so many different ways you know Mm -hmm. you were tested because you couldn't hang out with friends so it was that tough thing of like man i can't go out on board as fuck You, you were tested in maintaining those relationships how do you do this virtually how do you do this without putting people at risk right uh you know, you were tested in your daily practice, having to always check, do the phone wallet keys and mask check when you walk out of the house. And uh, it's just crazy. You know, there are things that I'm going to take with me for the rest of my life. Like I am never ever using a public used bowling ball ever again ever (laughs) i'm you went (laughs) and invested and got your own after this call i'm going on amazon i'm getting my own everything for bowling because when you think about it it's like how gross were some of the things that we used to do before let me eat cheesy fries yeah and then just put my hands into this ball and then nobody cleans it for two months Like, that's so gross. Now you're making me think I
0: need to buy my own mic for any club. Like, nope, nope, I got my
1: own mic. (laughs) I saw this meme that was, like, Mike's post-COVID, and it just had all this bacteria on it. And uh, I I told uh, one of my bandmates, we were in the studio last week, and I was like, you need to buy your own mic. We are not, like, we are not doing this. That is so disgusting. (laughs) I'm not even playing with you about this. And, uh, yeah, it's just crazy, you know, like, i i love bowling now i gotta go get all my own bowling gear uh it it just i'm not a germaphobe i am no howie mandel by any means but like i certainly am now more conscientious about the things that i do you know i won't use public phones i won't like it's just the little things it's crazy to see how we've had to adapt like that
0: right yeah it's so many lessons to take with us man well and i know so i remember playing a house show a so far show i think there's about 50 people in there and you were helping put it together and uh you're like mingling you're trying to make things happen you're talking to people and then you're like all right i need to leave because i think you were going to like a flow writer show that you had put together or something like so (laughs) you you have this scope that you're working with just from your pure passion that's impressive um and I wonder in all of that, and these are conversations I know we've had in the past, but what do you see for the future of live music? Uh, of like live music. From the house shows all the way up to the Flow Riders and all that kind of stuff.
1: Hmm, that's a very interesting question. Still trying to figure that out. My theory is that you're going to see everything kind of go digital for uh, a good a good period of time. Um, I was in uh, the phases of before the COVID, two years before COVID, working on VR projects with different producers and creating a VR product and a system to make VR music work like 360 audio and things like that. We we didn't get very far because it's an extremely saturated place. But what we did learn is that number one, the human experience of live music will never be replicated. It Mm -hmm. will always exist. So we don't have to worry about live shows going anywhere. But there is a great demand, for, especially for the under 21 audience, uh, mainly the under 17 audience, all the high school kids and below, mm-hmm. that there is a digital demand for shows. Because I, I'll tell you, before I played my first show at 16, I wasn't going to shows. I, you know, I was watching KISS concerts on YouTube because that was the one band I fucking love. <laughs> um, awesome. And now though, and I've learned this through COVID too, is like there are companies that are being built for digital music spaces. Hmm. Um, uh, so I think like one big thing is you can expect to see a lot of it go digital. The the way that I see live music working out over time though is as we have to adapt post COVID, some of those adaptations are gonna stick with us always. Hmm. So different security measures, different health and safety measures. Um, but, I mean, as far as, like, live music, live music, it's, uh, it ain't going anywhere. It's, it's right. here to stay. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, people are so hungry for that community feeling, and we're seeing it. I put on shows that would have sold 200 tickets on the best day ever, and they're 200 tickets in advance now. You know, it's, awesome. it's, it's, it's here, like, it, Everyone's it's, hungry. It's, it's here it's bigger than ever like the live music sector now is as big as it ever was that's awesome man
0: well and definitely i think all the pent-up demand you see like how much people long to like experience those things you know like the even like like not even the big stuff it's like the smaller clubs of just going in seeing your friends at the bar grabbing a whiskey and everyone's talking and you go see three bands you know like that was something that I think I and probably a lot of people took for granted cuz it just it just was, you know? And even though mm-hmm. yeah, this is our industry, we both <laughs> took it for yeah. granted. Like this just is and and we're like, "Oh, damn." And
1: Dude, yeah, so
0: I I look forward to yeah. what it can look like in the future, that's for
1: sure. I'll tell you what, come December of last year, 2020, I would have done anything. I would have sacrificed everything just to go see a local band play like the Replay Lounge. Like it right. It, it was something that normally I wouldn't normally do because I'd be busy doing other things. I <laughs> want to make a point to do that now. You know, it's right. like, it, it. I would, I do I'll go see like your dad's cover band at the fucking bar and grill. <laughs> like that's, that's how hungry I am for this shit, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's
0: and awesome, I think it,
1: the same goes for everybody else. Anytime you would walk into like a venue, uh, kind of towards the end of covid kind of now and a few months ago where you'd see a dj or something it's like holy shit we're back right like you know yeah right now there's it, still like this awkward
0: yeah. dance i've been doing some shows you know and uh but i yeah. think every, everyone's getting more more and more comfortable like even for me like i'm fully vaccinated now so it's like start feeling like you can breathe a little easier out there and and do
1: Exactly. What do, what
0: vaccinations you get I think i got Pfizer. I think that was the one. So
1: Nice. Right. So. i uh I, I got the limited edition bill gates special johnson and johnson
0: nice and you and you survived <laughs> yeah. no hemorrhaging well yeah, you're not a you know, mid-40s woman right now
1: oh hell yeah, yeah dude exactly you, if you scan it yeah.
0: it's there's a qr
1: code or i don't even know if shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it gets, <laughs> uh, it's a jimmy john's menu actually <laughs> <laughs> they
0: paid a really good amount of money for that one right? yeah
1: great marketing team it's perfect because i love jimmy john's so that it is perfect yeah.
0: man oh my god the veto i get yeah. it every time that shit's so good oh yeah it's the late night
1: spot there's not a lot of restaurants that will stay open till 2 a.m in lawrence it's actually know.
0: in your neck of the woods so, in lawrence when we play the jazz house uh jimmy john's is pretty much the only thing open it's like right there uh, exactly. we, we load all our gear and go grab a sandwich and get back on
1: the roads. So. Exactly. Man, I miss Jazz House. Jazz House shows were the fucking shit. It yeah, was a lot of fun there, man. Just, they just started doing shows again. and you know, awesome. You walk past Jazz House, and you hear the party going on upstairs. It's exciting. It's, it's really cool.
0: Yeah, they literally... There was one night, a uh, bunch of people had jumped in friend of ours who's like a professional touring harmonica player just happened to be on a date there and so he jumped on stage with us we started playing they literally had to turn off turn on the lights and like kick everyone out because no one wanted to go because that's the vibe of the place it was a fun night it was a super fun night but that's
1: amazing well
0: man the the last two questions for you uh the live and create podcast uh is it's kind of built out of that but so right now in life how would you define living a great life
1: That's an insanely awesome question. Uh, (laughs) How would I define uh, living a great life? Yeah. Being a lot of things, but being honest and true to yourself, to others, being kind being compassionate. It's a big one. Um, Being unapologetically focused on what you love, whether Mm -hmm. that be family, whether that be music, art sports um but at the same time and this comes with living your life uh stop and smell the roses every once in a while you know calm down and live your life it's it's okay to just chill out you know what i mean And, and sit there and enjoy the the essence of being and like Yeah, I think living a great life is, is one, it's a mixture of what you think living a great life is. And it's pursuing that thing unapologetically and, and to any, any means by any means. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's such a good question. And it it, it, like brightens my day to think, what can we do today to live a good life? I don't, you know, (laughs) it's, I think today I'm going to go, you know, talk to people, be kind, be loving, and uh find happiness in what i'm doing you know i think that's really all you can do right subsequent to human error i think that's really all you can do right (laughs) that's cool
0: man well and that's you know the the idea of it it's like i feel like i'm on this journey of figuring out uh what does it mean to me to live a great life create great things and kind of that analogy opening the trunk we were talking about it's like what do i keep what do i throw out and what can i add in uh, and all these conversations, I think, help me find new things to add in to my own, you know, journey. And I, I love that the unapologetic pursuit of what you love. But I, I hear you saying, like, enjoy the process of that too.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's so easy to get caught up in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Even you, and and you, I'm sure you find a lot of gratitude and and fulfillment in talking to people, learning their stories. And, and like you just said, taking bits and pieces and figure out how you can implement that to live a better life. And, right. uh, oh. you know, that, that's, that's it right there. It's like, learn from others, you know, like be, be a listener. It, nobody, nobody cares for a speaker, be a listener. And like, <laughs> you know, it, I just feel like when you listen, when you care, when you actually love, when you learn to truly love or truly be kind or truly compassionate, your everything else will fall into place you know everything seems to follow by those guidelines of love compassion and honesty and so right. you know those those are like the those are the the big virtues right so
0: that's awesome man i love it well the yeah. last question right now in your life how would you define
1: creating great things creating great things i think goes back to honesty that one is literally just being 100 true to yourself that is how you create something great uh it is not trying to create something great for the sake of creating something great it's creating something great for the purpose of creating for yourself right it's uh you hear some of the greatest albums of all time right like and those are yes. created on whims those were created not for the purpose of being the greatest album of all time it was created for the purpose of being a great musical record. And that's the same tenacity and the same focus you should have in creating great things is, is how, how can I deeply affect all the people who love this same thing that I do and create something that encapsulates their love and mine and can bring us right. all together? Because anything that is, defined, is tr- defined as truly great is only defined as great because people say that so. Right? Mm-hmm. Therefore, people need to be in mind. People need to be kept in mind when you create that thing because they're going to be the ones deciding whether or not it's truly great at the end of the day. That's Unfortunately, true. <laughs> it's out of here. It's out of here. That's right. My, my
0: last podcast yesterday, we talked about that. She's an author and she's like like at the end of the day we don't get to pick what actually impacts people you may love it but it's like some of the work i i love the most people didn't like
1: as much same here there there are songs on when we put out our debut record that i was like can we keep that off i'm not a big fan (laughs) turns out that song was our biggest song on the fucking record you know those things are out of your hand those things are uh I wish I knew all the answers to creating great things but I do know that it is a great experience to create if you follow right. the guidelines of honesty and compassion and other like fo- doing it for the purpose of others and to yourself serve right it. when to i, serve I that it.
0: honesty piece is is so huge as i i'm in a writing period going to the studio doing all that kind of thing and it's like all as i'm doing that i'm trying to study the artists that inspire me the most and i right now it's been matt right. mason Jason Isbell, J. Cole, Joyner Lucas, and honestly, Eminem. I go into a lot of, I'm not a rapper, obviously, but it's like the thing that 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 is consistent is just this brutal honesty of who they right. are and how they see the world. And that's what I've been trying to be inspired by. So I love hearing you dive into that too.
1: That's cool. I, I, I can see that with you too. I've heard, you know, from your solo music that I've seen you play, there's definitely that like vulnerability. You know, and I was, we were in a studio session a week ago with a kid who had not written a song before. We had the song kind of, we we brought in a team of songwriters to work with him. And his big thing was, you know, how do you write a song? That was his big question. And it made me think about when you first start writing music, when you first pick up an instrument, you have that weird, raw love for it right you have that that love that just can't be contained for this thing right (laughs) that is the same tenacity by which you should create and and those people that you just listed off are the best examples i think of honesty tear me apart (laughs) eminem especially somebody who's controversial right unapologetically himself uh joining lucas you know somebody who's just crazy fucking talented oh my god um, yeah. but then it's also funny you throw in like the Ma- mason jason isbell like <laughs> these are people who made their careers off of honesty who right. who wrote music from a very deep place you know and that's why i think you see a lot of musicians who make it really big coming from nothing because they've had to come emotionally from a place of complete vulnerability you know it, they know where they're at in life and they know where they want to be and they know the only way to get there, the only thing standing in the way is their ego, is that pride yeah. of keeping them from telling their story, right?
0: Damn.
1: A, a, the way that it actually is. And so that honesty aspect is really what sets that apart, you know? That's huge, and you can yeah. always tell. Humans can always tell when you're being real with one another. And that whole term, <laughs> right. real, recognize real. Kind of <laughs> it, it, it has the same application here of like, we are not stupid. We know how you're actually feeling. We know where you come from. We know what's going on. Just tell us, tell us a story. We're here to listen. Right.
0: That's huge, man. Well, dude, thanks for making the time. It was great. And uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll definitely uh, keep you posted when
1: everything drops. So man, thanks again. Please do. Yeah. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the
0: live and create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review.
1: The Live and Create Podcast.